In the last show, I went into some depth about my mental model of how lip injections placed horizontally might be more likely to cause a vascular occlusion than those placed vertically, all else being equal. This week, I'm examining a paper that has been used to contradict that claim. And that's what we will be discussing in this week's Aesthetics Mastery Show. Before we dive in, drop me a like if you'd like me to analyze more of the studies that get published in our sector. Now, this paper is important because I've seen it used and cited as evidence that vertical injections are more risky than horizontal injections. The question is, can we draw that conclusion from what the researchers actually did? Check out the reference here. You can Google it. You should find it on PubMed, and it's a free paper. Um, and it's called Treating the Lips and its Anatomical Correlate in Respect to Vascular Compromise by Sahar Ghanem and Sebastian Cortefana is also on the author list. The paper I'm going to analyze is important because I've seen it cited as evidence that vertical injections are more risky than horizontal. The question is, can we actually draw that conclusion from what the researchers did? If you want to read the paper yourself, there is a free copy of it you can download. All you need to do is Google treating the lips and its anatomical correlate in respect to vascular compromise, and you should find it, and we'll paste a link in the description of this video below. So how was the study actually done? So what the authors did is they tested their techniques on three cadavers, which had an average age of 85 years old, two were female, one were male, and had a BMI of 26, which is about average. The arteries were injected with red latex prior to the procedure, which meant that they would stand out more and also resist the needle going through them. A cross-sectional analysis of the lip was then done after the procedure to find the relationship between the filler and the artery. So what were the techniques that were tested? The first technique is something that will be common to every injector, which is simply a linear thread running along the vermilion border. Now it's important they included diagrams with treatment plans in all these techniques and they show quite clearly that the placement of the needle was into the vermilion part of the lip so into the pink running parallel with the lip and staying superficial in this paper the authors discriminate between superficial and deep injections with the word contouring when they mean superficial and volumizing when they mean deeper injections and this is very important as we'll see later on this particular style of injection, when they dissected the lip, showed no close relationship to the artery, which is compatible with what I understand with the anatomy of the lip, which is superficially, you have between, in most cases, about 80% of cases, you will find the artery is protected by the orbicularis oris muscle, and the filler should be lying um, a couple of millimeters above it, which is a reasonable amount of space in our world. So no close relationship with that classic injection. The next injection was an oblique angle of entry. So this is also quite common. I think it would, it's kind of in between a true vertical, but it probably fits what most people imagine to be a vertical injection. So the technique is entering around about 45 degrees to the lip, but angled down towards the wet dry border. If you look closely at the diagram the authors have included, they have also entered into the white part of the lip. Now, when they describe it, they describe it as entering the vermilion border. But when the diagram has been drawn, for me, it shows entry into the white part of the vermilion border, which is actually very significant in terms of the risk, as far as I imagine um, the anatomy to be. The image shows about two to three millimeters above the pink-white border. And when they analyzed this cross-section, they found quite a close connection with the artery. So filler was very close to the artery, and this is therefore deemed a high-risk procedure. 
The next procedure that was tested was a much more superior entry point. Here the needle enters into the white lip and then passes down into the body of the lip and then the injection was placed. Now this is a true vertical injection with a superior entry point. And when they opened the lip to see where the filler was placed with this style of injection, they found a close relationship with the artery. The next technique that was tested was a cannula insertion point. So this is a horizontal style injection, but it's using a cannula. And here the arteries look further away than the specimens in the schematic. So I was a little bit confused. When you see the schematic, the arteries are, uh, there's a fair distance with it. And then when they tested the other side, they found a different conclusion. So on one side, they found close proximity to the artery. And on the other side, there was a little relationship with the arteries. Treating the lower lip, the next test they did was a vertical injection. And this one also showed some proximity to the artery. But it was actually this image where I suddenly realized one of the potential flaws of the study, which is you can see that the cadaver specimen is extremely different to the young model they've used in the treatment plan. And this becomes more important later on. The next technique which was tested is a rather unusual technique I've never actually seen done in practice where the needle entered into the white part of the lower lip and it's about a centimeter roughly speaking that the entry point is and then it makes its way into the pink part of the lip crossing those layers and that of course shows filler uh, close to the artery as well. In the lower lip a cannula was used and this also showed a close relationship with the arteries when they dissected that particular specimen. So conclusions of this paper. The paper itself actually says that based on the cadaveric part of the present study, it should be noted that 58% of the volumizing procedures were related to potential intraarterial injection because the product was injected deep inside the body of the lip. On the contrary, procedures aiming for contouring, which is the author's word for more superficial, can be regarded as safer, as in this case, the product was positioned in the subcutaneous plane, which is separated from the arteries by the orbicularis oris muscle. And this conclusion is really the depth is the risk, not the angle of entry. The question then we have to ask is, is depth going to guarantee that you end up deeper? And could that mean that we are unsafe with horizontal or vertical injections, depending on which one you're thinking about? So here's the big question. Can we actually conclude anything about vertical versus horizontal injection techniques based on this particular paper? Well, the short answer is no, not really, because... This paper is not actually a test of vertical versus horizontal. It's a test of some subtly different injection techniques that the authors use and not a controlled test of that particular question. Too many other variables have been changed, which makes it, makes it impossible to be certain about horizontal versus vertical. The second issue with taking that conclusion is there's actually some contradictory evidence within the paper that vertical is more dangerous than horizontal, which is the cannula injections. So one of the cannula injections showed a higher proximity, and that's obviously a horizontal injection, even though it's with a cannula, than the needle injection. So it is possible that you can still be close to the artery with a horizontal injection, which I think we would all ex accept is sometimes the case. So too many other variables were changed in this particular study to compare vertical and horizontal. And the most important of all of them, I believe, is the entry point of that needle. So if you're going to compare something, all things should be the same. And what I noticed in this particular study is that the entry point for vertical injections was more superior. So that means further back, and it means that necessarily you were passing through the orbicularis oris when going deeper. Now, I know some people inject this way, but this is not always the way that vertical injections are done. In fact, more commonly, I think people are entering 
into the vermilion. And this makes a world of difference in my mind about which is safer and which is not so safe. I was wondering potentially why so many of the injections were given into the white lip might come from the fact that these were all done on cadavers. So cadavers are anatomically, I believe, significantly different to the patients we're actually treating. So this is one of the obvious ways that we decide whether the data is relevant to our particular patients, which is, are the people in the study similar to our patients? Now, in the study, we had 85-year-olds. One was male and two were female. But we know that 85-year-old lips are extremely different. And I think, particularly when you're analyzing a vertical injection, it makes the world a difference. So this is, this is the key takeaway for me, which is, even if you look in the actual study at the picture that they did the treatment design on, it's a young female, it's very different to what you'd be able to draw on a cadaver. You literally couldn't draw a vertical injection on most of the cadavers because their lips were so atrophied. And that is actually changing the angle of injection. So your, your entry point, it becomes harder to enter into the pink lip because the pink lip is so involuted. So they're entering into the white lip, then passing the needle down at a very different angle to how you'd been injecting a young, slightly fuller lip. And that, that angle is potentially more important than whether you're vertical or horizontal. Because as that angle gets steeper, you're, you're pointing more into the retro orbicularis oris space. And that is why in someone with very small lips or atrophied lips, that you're actually going to end up much closer to the artery and you're forced to inject through the orbicularis oris muscle because there's no space to inject into the pink part of the lip. And this is really why I think a lot of this confusion comes from. It probably is true that a vertical injection is more risky than a horizontal injection in someone with a very small or involuted lip, but that probably isn't the typical patient that is being treated with this technique. Now, there, of course, are always someone doing something crazy or that's not particularly logical, but I would say, on average, the, the technically perfect version of this technique is more likely to be applied to patients with enough space in their vermilion to enter and for the needle to be passing potentially either parallel or further away from that retro orbicularis oris uh, space where the artery tends to lie. So there were some other weaknesses with this paper too. Now, the reason I want to throw these in is because I think it's really important when you hear someone quote evidence that you realize how really difficult it is to get decent evidence in medical aesthetics. There's actually almost no decent evidence for many of the claims that are put out there. And that's to do with the size of our industry, the analog nature of the type of treatments that we do and how much the injector's particular habits can affect the outcome and the difficulty of doing this on 10,000 people in a normal trial or a million people like we do in normal medicine. So we're, we're dealing with three individual cadavers, not a cohort of 10,000 people. Um, there are some other issues though as well. The first is only the only thing that was examined was the cross-section with only one point of reference. Now the cannula results show themselves that there was a difference on either side depending on where you cut the lip to examine, you get a different result. So that's not particularly helpful for drawing conclusions if you think, well, you could have just moved along and, and got a completely different result. There's also massive variation between the cadavers, even, and, and of course you would expect that, but you haven't got enough people in the study to decide what the average position of the artery would be. So we have quite a lot of significant variation, and that means there's an element of luck about where the injection goes relative, relative to the artery. The next thing that's important to realize is this is a technical test of an injection technique. It doesn't reflect what would actually happen in a clinic where you'd be varying your technique according to who you see. So they decide to test a particular technique 
on a, on a type of patient that they would have never actually used that technique on in real life. I think the idea of doing a vertical injection on someone with a horizontal lip, it wouldn't be intuitive to me. So it's that kind of thing that also starts to change the analysis of this procedure, which is really you'd like to test the technique on the type of patients you're likely to use that technique on. And cadaver studies don't offer you that opportunity. So what can we take from this paper? Well, what I've taken from it is that the real risk here is proximity to the retroorbicularis or a space. And that varies according to your injection technique, of course, but it may be that you're more likely to be in that space when the lip is small or atrophied. For me, that's the most interesting thing. If you picture a bigger lip or a fuller lip that's protruding out as it would be in youth, you're actually gonna be in a little anterior pocket that is far further away from that space than it would be in a much more atrophied or small-lipped uh, case. So this has, for me, changed how I think about different sized lips, and it made it clear that those older patients might be at risk with the wrong technique. But I don't think most people are using that technique in those older patients anyway. Overall, my mental model still suggests that you can put filler in a risky spot with both horizontal or vertical injections because it's the depth that matters most of all. And if you're injecting underneath orbicularis oris, that is the danger zone. If you're injecting horizontally, you're gonna spend more time in that danger zone than if you're injecting vertically. I would put it to you that it's the angle of approach rather than vertical versus horizontal that changes the risk to that artery. If you picture a small atrophied lip in an older person and the angle that you would have to take, as I believe these authors had to take in the study, it is a much, much more at right angles to the face than would be in a younger lip where you tend to be entering from the top of the bed pointing downwards. And this is what I think changes the, the entire interpretation of the risk of this particular procedure is that in one case you're angling away from the artery and in the, in the other case you're angling directly towards that space where the artery tends to lie. Overall, I've also reflected that I don't think cadaver studies are the gold standard. Living tissue with imaging would be a better way of studying these different techniques. Obviously a much harder study to do. Techniques should also be designed for the individual in front of you. So taking into account each person's anatomy and nobody would be using just one technique for everyone. If you are only using one technique for all your patients, you probably haven't optimized um, how to deal with each individual. I've also been reflecting that it's very hard to make this specialty that we're involved in digital. You can't really make it black and white. There are so many subtle variables that it's actually quite analog. Small changes in depth, position, entry point, and client selection make huge differences in terms of the risk. Every injector and every patient is unique. And even in this study, there's a clear significant difference between the cadavers, and it makes it hard to get reliable evidence as thousands of case studies would be required, all preferentially using the same injector, which is almost impossible to achieve, or at least an, a really standardized injection technique. So it's hard, it's hard to get solid evidence, but really good learning just reading it and trying to see what you can take from it. So what do you think? Is there anything about the study that's changed your practice or that you already knew? I'm particularly interested, do you already use a different technique for smaller lips? Let us know in the comments down below.